Well, good morning, everybody. We're glad you're here this morning to worship with us. And we're here simply just to lift up the name of Jesus, to lift him up in our presence. And so, Lord, we come to you and just ask you to inhabit our praises as we lift you up, as we give you glory. Lord, come. Yes, Lord, thank you. Come, we need you this morning, and we worship you in Jesus' name. So let's, let's sing to the King. Let's sing the first verse again. Sing to the King. Sing to the King who is coming to reign. Glory to Jesus, the Lamb that was slain. Life and salvation is shall bring joy to the nations when Jesus is King. So come on. So come, let us sing a song, a song declaring we belong to Jesus. Yes, hallelujah. He's all we need. Lift up our heart of So come, let us sing a 
stay I'll stay when you move I'll move I will follow all your ways are good all your ways are sure I will trust in you alone higher than my sight high above my life I will trust in you alone, in you alone. Where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I'll stay. When you move, I'll move. I will follow you. Who you love, I'll love. How you serve, I'll serve. If this life I lose, I will follow you. I will follow you. Light into the world, light into my life. I will live for you alone. You're the one I seek, knowing you will find. All I need is you alone. In you alone. Stay, I'll stay. When you move, I'll move. I will follow you. Who you love, I'll love. How you serve, I'll serve. In this life I lose, I will follow you. I will follow you. In you there's life everlasting. In you there's freedom for my soul. In you there's joy, unending joy. And I will follow. Where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I'll stay. When you move, I'll move. I will follow you. Who you love, I'll love. How you serve, I'll serve. If this life I lose, I will follow you. 
Take a big breath. Say, 
has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name, Jesus Christ, my living hope. Then came the morning that sealed the promise. Your buried body began to breathe out of the silence. The roaring lion declared the grave has no claim on me. Hallelujah. Praise the one who set me free. lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name, Jesus Christ, my living hope. Hallelujah. Praise the one who set me free. Hallelujah. Death has lost its grip on me. salvation in your name, Jesus Christ, my living hope, Jesus Christ, my living hope, God you are my living hope. Hallelujah. Give the Lord praise this morning. Glory, glory. Glory to his name. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Isn't God good today? Amen. Man, we're going to have a good time this morning, I tell you. I'm going to have a good time. I don't know about you, but I'm committed. The Lord is here. He's going to bless us, and it's going to be good. So I want to share a scripture with you out of Deuteronomy. Because it's significant to us. You know, God... God spoke to his people, the children of Israel, and he told them things. But he's saying those same things to us because we have been grafted in. We are his children just like they were his children. We've not replaced them, but we're part of that same thing. We get those same promises. He speaks to us the same loving words that he spoke to them. Listen to this. For you are holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you. To be a people for himself, a special treasure above all the peoples on the face of the earth. And the Lord did not set his love on you, nor choose you because you were more in number than any other people. For you were the least of all peoples. But because the Lord loves you, and because he would keep the oath which you swore to your fathers, the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand, redeemed you from the house of bondage, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Therefore, know that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God, who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love him, keep his commandments. We hadn't been redeemed out of Egypt, but we got redeemed out of our sin, right? Amen. It's the same thing. So God has made this promise to us. He said, for you, it's going to be good for you 
and your generations, your family, your offspring, for a thousand generations, I'm going to keep my covenant with you because you have said I'm going to walk with the Lord. And that whole thing about keeping his commandments, he's written his commandments in our heart. And they're in our mind. And we don't have to keep a list. We just walk with the Lord. It's a relationship. That's what this is all about. It's walking with the Lord. And as we walk with the Lord, he will keep his part of the deal. Amen? Amen. This morning as we worship, I want you to know that God wants to bless you this morning. God wants to pour his spirit out on you. He wants to refresh you. He wants to encourage you. He wants to speak to you. Whatever kind of situation you're going through, you may be on the top of the mountain. You may be in the depths of despair. Wherever you are, God wants to speak to you in that situation right now. You want to go out of here today different than enter into worship. Amen. As we worship him, God will do the things that he wants to do in your life. That's where we receive all the good stuff is in his presence. So Lord, this morning, we choose to enter in. You've invited us. You said, come, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest for your souls. You. And you said, enter into the gates of the Lord yes. with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. You said, if we would come, you would meet us there. So Lord, we're coming this morning. We choose. Lay down everything that's a distraction this morning, Lord. We choose to not worry about what we're going to do the rest of the afternoon or the rest of this week or the rest of our lives. Today, we choose to focus on you. Today, we choose to worship you. Today, we choose to give you our praise and worship. Our eyes are on you, Lord. And we know today when we worship you and lift you up, you're going to come and you're going to pour your spirit out. You're going to be here. You're going to refresh us. You're going to speak to us. You're going to change us right here in your very presence, Lord. And I thank you for that this morning. Thank you, we rejoice, Lord, that you are good and you want to do yes. good in us this morning. You. Pour your spirit out now in Jesus' name. Jesus. Amen and amen. Let's worship. Amen.
Hallelujah.
in you until I dwell in you. Amen. Oh, Father, we thank you that you are our home. Hallelujah.
nothing can stand against the power of our God. Sing it again. Almighty fortress, you go before us. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. You shine in the shadow. You win every battle. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. So when I fight, I'll fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. Every fear I lay at your feet, I'll sing through the night. The battle belongs to you. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. my eyes up to the mountains where does my help come from my help comes from you maker of heaven creator of
and rescue me. Come and give me
Still my lips shall repeat, yet not I, but through Christ in me. God of love, Lord, 
Isn't God good? Amen. We're just going to keep worshiping the Lord for a few minutes and allow Him to speak to each one of us. And you know, sometimes as we're singing and worshiping, it's we, we get our minds on the words and we're thinking about reading the words. And I just want to encourage you to just get your eyes on the Lord. As Carol plays over us, just allow God to speak to you. You don't have to worry about the words of the music. You don't have to worry about what you're going to do later today or any other time. Just get your eyes on the Lord and allow Him to speak to you. Allow Him to bring His refreshing presence into your life right now. have set your love on us and it's not because we're special but it's because you said you want to make us special you want to make us a special treasure unto you Lord Lord I thank you that we've had people that have gone before us that have shown us the way King David in Psalms 91 he said because he set his love upon me and he's got no other name he doesn't know any other name but the name of the Lord for all of his help and all of his salvation. Lord, I thank you that you set your love on us and when we set our love on you, we know your name is the, is the name that will save us and deliver us and heal us, set us free. Your name is the name that we need to be set on and fixed on. 
And I thank you, Lord, that as we recognize you, who you are, and we set our love and affections on you, then you can pour out all of your goodness and greatness and love and mercy and grace. Just pour it out on us in abundance, overflowing, overflowing. Thank you, Lord. You want to lavish us with your great gifts, Lord. You want to pour out your goodness on us in ways that are beyond anything that we can think or ask, beyond all of our understanding, Lord. Yet you tell us that we ought to try to know the length and the breadth and the depth and the height of your love. We can't really comprehend it, but yet we ought to be striving to know about it because that's what carries us through this life. That's what fills us with hope that tomorrow is going to be a better day. That's what gives us the hope that every day your mercies are new and they never quit, they never fail, they never stop, they never run out. They are good and fresh and new every morning. It gives us hope to get up every day, face the challenges before us. Thank you, Lord. I thank you so much that you never give up on us, Lord. You call us, you pursue us until you win our hearts. And then you keep us and you continue to win our hearts back. Every time we stumble, Lord, you come and you say, it's okay. Come back. Lord, for those who seem to have lost their way, I pray now that you'd give them that moment of awakening, Lord, where they would hear, hear your voice, Lord, like the, the prodigal son when he came to himself in the pigsty and he said, I'm going to go home. Lord, call them and say, come home. It's okay. And when you come home, you don't have to grovel and beg. I'm going to have a celebration. I'm going to put the fatted calf on for the, the meal. I'm going to put the best robe on your back. I'm going to put the best sandals on your feet. And I'm going to put my very ring on your finger and say, you're my child. And you've come home. Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you've, you've given us everything we need. Help us, Lord, to take advantage of all the things you've given us, all the things you provided for us, Lord. I don't want to be guilty of, of saying, I don't need that. I can do without that. I can make it on my own. Lord, I want to be guilty of saying, I can't do anything without you. I need you, Lord, more and more and more. The more I think I know, the less I know. The more I think I can do, the more I realize that I can't do anything except for your great grace working in me. Lord, I want to rely on you. And I want to do my part for sure, but I want to rely on you. I want to know that the battle is yours. And I want to know sometimes I've got to put on the armor and go to the battlefield. And I want to know, Lord, that you're going to win the battle for me before I ever get there. Sometimes I don't even have to go to the battlefield. Sometimes I just, I just have to worship you. The battle is yours, and you always win the battle, Lord. You've already won the battle. I thank you for that. Lord, we rejoice. We rejoice in your provision, your care, and your love for us. Without you, oh, without you, we'd be lost and undone. I can say, hallelujah, I can say like that, that blind man, I don't know about all this other stuff, but this one thing I do know, I was blind, but now I can see. You've given us sight, Lord. You've given us vision so we can see into the spiritual realm. We can see where we've come from and where we're going to. 
You're leading us by the hand. And those moments that, that we can't see clearly, we still got you by the hand and you're leading us, Lord. And we don't lose our way because you're right there with us. You're whispering to us all the time. Come, walk this way. It's this way right here. Follow me. I'm with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you are here this morning. I thank you, Lord, for the times of refreshing in your presence. Lord, I pray that you continue to reveal yourself to us this morning as we, as we continue to worship you by, by discussing your word and by giving and by greeting one another and just being in your presence, Lord. All we have, all that we have, we lay before you and we give it to you. And this is our gift today, Lord, ourselves. It's not much, but it's all we have, Lord. I give you full control my mind, full control of my heart, full control of my body, full control of my finances, full control of my time, my energy, all that I have, Lord, I lay it before you and I say, here I am, take me, use me for your glory. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, we praise you and love you. And everybody said, Amen. 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 You can be seated. Thank you, guys. So I, I, gave you, um, I gave you some notes today. You may look at that and think, what's this all about? But that's, that's my notes. That's what I use every week. Um, so you got everything I got. Let's read this uh, passage of Scripture. <clears throat> Excuse me. This is Colossians 1, 26 through 29. The mystery which has been hidden from the ages and generations, but has now been revealed to his saints. To them, God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. To this end, I also labor striving according to his working which works mightily in me <clears throat> excuse me that's kind of kind of bad etiquette but sorry i don't want to be fighting that the whole time so last week we talked about <clears throat> the mystery that was revealed and how God wants to make mysteries known to us. Today we're going to take up from uh, there in verse 26, uh, 27, excuse me. Um, God will to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. To make known is to reveal, to cause to know, to call someone to know something, to point it out, to have thorough knowledge of, certify, or declare. I like that last word. God has willed to declare. He's willed to declare it to us. Where there's no confusion, there's no misunderstanding, He is declaring to us the riches of His glory. He doesn't want us to walk around ignorant, he doesn't want us to walk around confused. He doesn't want us to, to not understand. 
what is available to us. You know, if, there's this great story that I heard when I was in Bible college about, uh, they, they used to have this thing, uh, big ships, you know, traveling across the Atlantic and stuff from uh, England to the United States. And back, you know, when a lot of people were coming as immigrants here that way, they had a thing called uh, steerage, I think is what they call it. Steerage. Steerage, that's what it was. And so what it, what it meant was <clears throat> you got a free trip, <clears throat> but you had to work as part of the crew. And so this guy, <clears throat> excuse me, this guy had this, his whole family, they, they went on the, on the, the voyage as steerage guests, and all the whole trip, you know, he was down there in the, in the bottom of the ship in the cargo area eating cheese and crackers and stuff. And, and the last night of a, like a three-month journey, the captain said, why don't you come up and join us in the dining room? And he said, okay. And he said, you know, you could have done that every night. That's part of the deal. But he didn't know that. God wants to declare to us the riches of his glory. He wants us to understand what's available to us. He doesn't want us to walk around ignorant and, and doing without the necessity of life or the, or the good stuff of life because we don't know what's available. He says he wants to freely give us all things. That's not just a little bit here or a little bit there. He wants to give us the abundant life. He doesn't just dole it out to us. He lavishes us on us. He says, I want to give it to you. I want to pour it out on you. I want you to have it just overflowing. And I got to say, I'm guilty sometimes of just, you know, being content to eat the cheese and crackers. And sometimes it's because of pride in my own life. Our speaker last night was, he was really, it was really good. He just, one little thing that he shared, but it was very powerful. He said, you know, I've had this attitude that I want to I want to just work and give and sacrifice and I want to show up at heaven you know just like you know worn out sweaty and dirty and broke and uh, and that I mean that sounds kind of good but what he's really what he's really saying is I'm going to do all this stuff and I'm going to suffer all this what God is saying I want to bless you and help you make it through. And you can work and work and work and do all that. But you don't have to be broke. You don't have to be broken down. You don't have to be desperate. You can be blessed. And you can show up in heaven having given all and yet still be full. It's not either or. It can be both. I like that. And I'm, I admit, I'm guilty of that sometimes. You know, I think, whoa, I just got to sacrifice. I got to sacrifice for the kingdom. I got to sacrifice for my kids. I got to sacrifice for my grandkids. I'll do without that, you know. And sometimes, granted, you need to sacrifice a little bit. Sometimes you need to discipline yourself. You know, when we sit down to a meal, I usually don't just gobble it all up and say, hope you all get enough. You know, I'm, I'm thoughtful that other people might want to eat too. But in God's kingdom, you understand, there's a feast that we cannot consume. All of us combined, it isn't going to happen. We need to kind of get our minds right to accept the fact that God can do abundantly above all that we can ever ask or think. That is, that's something that we need to work at 
getting our minds renewed so that we realize that God is not limited. God is not limited. We limit God sometimes in our minds and what we expect, but God's not limited. He wants to declare that to us and make us know that. He wants us to know the riches, the wealth, the abundance of material possessions and resources, treasures. It's from a root word that means to be filled or fulfilled, to accomplish or furnish. It's an abundance of resources. God wants to declare to us and make known to us the abundance of his resources. He's not lacking. I mean, the expression that David used in the Psalms, you know, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. That is not a, a full expression of what God owns. He owns the entirety of the universe and all the galaxies. He owns it all. He created it all. He controls it all. If you need money, if you need healing, if you need uh, deliverance from an addictive behavior, if you need a relationship restored, whatever you need, God can do all. He's not limited. He can do all those things. Testify. I've seen it in my life. I are one. I've been healed. I've been saved. I've been delivered. I've been changed. And I don't want to forget that. And I don't want that to limit me in the future. And that's what David said. He said, the same God that delivered me from the lion and the bear can deliver me from this giant. He can deliver me from this other thing over here. It doesn't matter. I can... I can be content knowing that God is with me and he's going to take care of me because I've seen him do it in the past and I know he's going to do it for me now. There's a significant thing that happens in your life when you experience a miracle from the Lord. And you begin to grab a hold of that and it begins to be something that's a foundation, a truth in your life that you can stand on and know that it's not going to be shaken. It's not going to fall away. It's not going to go away. It's going to be there forever because it's the truth. Now the Gentiles, it says the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, that's us. Gentiles is a, it's a description of a group of people. Generally speaking, it's anybody who's not uh, of Hebrew origin or who does not believe in Jesus as Lord and Savior. And so in the scripture, when the Bible says something like among the Gentiles, it means among all those that are not believers. Whether it's Old Covenant or New Covenant, it's, it's all about those who don't know the truth yet and haven't responded to the truth. But the good news is, Gentiles are not excluded. They just, they weren't in the original invitation. But they got invited. We got invited. And it's for everyone. And we need to, to be real careful that we don't become like the Hebrews. See, they went beyond what God told them. God said, you're my chosen people, but if the stranger wants to join you, if the alien, in other words, somebody that's not born of Hebrew descent, wants to join you, welcome them. They just need to agree to, to live by the laws and the, and the commandments and do the things that you do. There's certain things they can't do. They can't ever be priests. They can't ever do this or that. But they were invited to come. They were invited to be part of it. Sometimes we're kind of like the, like the Jews, you know. It's like, well, we're special. You know, we're God's people. You're not part of us. Well, we look down on you because you're less than us. The Hebrews got all out of whack, and sometimes we get out of whack too that way. I admit, I've, that's one of my 
my continual failings is that I tend to look at people sometimes and I respond to their outward appearance or to something that I may pick up on, you know, just you know, look at them and think they got some funny color of hair or some funny hairdo or some, you know, the way they're dressed, you know, their pants are on the ground or, you know, I mean, all those things, you know, tattoos and piercings and, you know, all that stuff. If you're from an older generation, uh, some of those things are kind of offensive sometimes. And, uh, but the Lord is, is really dealing with me because I'm, I'm trying to learn not to judge people not to accuse them, not to think bad things about them, because uh, that person, you know, God loves them just as much as me. He died for them just like he did for me. And maybe, maybe if I didn't judge them, maybe if I just accepted them, I'd find out that they love God just like I do. <gasps> Purple hair and you can love God? <gasps> hey, you know, we've, we've got a mindset We've got a mindset sometimes that is just, it's just all messed up. God wants to help us with that. So as you study the Word and as you read the Word, God is revealing all these things to you, the riches of the glory of the mystery, that He didn't just create one people, one nation, but He invited everyone and said, I want you all to come. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all come to repentance. He's invited us all to the party. You ever been one of the people that didn't get invited? You ever been one of the people that was the last one to get chosen for a, a team or something? Uh, you know, it's really not all that much fun thinking that you were the last or you got excluded. That's the beauty of it with God. He's invited everyone. Nobody has been rejected. Everybody's been invited. And we need to keep that in mind. So everywhere we go every day, we need to be looking at every person we see, every person we come in contact with, and we need to be thinking, this is the person that God has invited. I need to be accepting of them, and I need to be inviting them to come and join us too. The mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now hope is... Uh, it's someone or something on which expectations are centered. It's an expectancy or an expectation of good. Hope is a great expectation. It's not just like some people say, well, I hope so. I mean, you know, they're just wishing, really. But biblical hope is when our hope is founded in some principle that, is, that we can put our faith and trust in. And that is... Christ Jesus inside of us, living in us. He is the hope of glory. The hope not only of future glory, but it's the hope of glory right now. That as we walk with Him, He is filling us with His glory. He is changing us from the inside out. He is making us into this beautiful thing in His sight where we are a special treasure to Him. And that happens as we walk in this hope, knowing that we're not just left on our own, that He is with us and in us, and He's working for us all the time. Christ in you, the hope of glory. If you don't get anything else out of Colossians 1, if you could learn that one truth, you'd be doing pretty good. Christ in you, the hope of glory. All other hope 
You can hope in a politician. You can hope in a spouse. Or you can hope in a son or a daughter or something. But if it's not a hope that's in Christ, you're going to be disappointed. Hope in Christ won't disappoint you because hope cannot disappoint you when it's based in someone that is eternally existent and good. He is capable of doing all the good things that he said because he has the power and the authority to do it. Now see, when you put your hope in a man, there's limitations on what they can do. Even rich men, you know, even powerful men, there are limitations. Even the President of the United States, I mean, they, they really just can't do anything they want. They can do executive orders and they can suggest and they can, you know, do a lot of things. But they don't have all power. But we know the one that does have all power. And our hope, when it's founded in him, it becomes, it becomes an anchor for our soul. And no matter what kind of struggles in life come along, we can endure all that because our hope is founded in someone that can do anything that needs to be done in our lives. That's pretty comforting to know. We don't have to worry about who's going to provide for our future when our hope is founded in him because he has promised to take care of us. Verse 28, him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. So to preach is to announce broadly, to make known openly and with wide distribution, to proclaim or declare a report. I didn't think about that, but uh, so God is declaring to us and then we're supposed to go and declare to everybody else. God's making it known to us and we're supposed to make it known to everyone else. God's preaching to us. That's why we're here. Because God declared the truth to you and you responded to the truth. And once that's happened in your life and you're on this path walking in that hope, Christ in you, then we are obligated as God's people to begin to preach and teach and share. It makes you, you want to experience that more and more and more. Nothing like uh, seeing someone weep before the Lord for the first time in their life saying, man... This is what I've needed my whole life. And you've helped them find the truth that set them free and changed them. We need to be preaching and declaring the truth. We need to be warning every man. Warning, that means to admonish, to warn or counsel in terms of someone's behavior. Caution them or put them in mind. Advise or rebuke. Now, a warning can be, it can be gentle or it can be a little more... Uh, strongly uh, taken but the bottom line is we need to be led by the spirit and so when you're when you're talking to someone about the Lord you want to be led by the spirit sometimes you're going to be talking to them about God's love and goodness other times what that person needs to hear is that you are living in sin and you need to turn that's not what you need to tell, tell everyone, but, but you need to be willing to preach, teach, and admonish. And that admonishing, it's warning. It's like you're, you're on a path that leads to destruction. And, and God is telling you there's another path that leads to life. You need to get off this path and get on to the right path. That's real gentle. That's friendly. 
But then there are other people that you, you just have to lay it out there in black and white. You're going to hell, dude. You know, if you don't straighten up and fly right, it, you're on a one-way ticket for eternal damnation. That's between you and the Lord and, and following the leading of the Spirit, how you present the gospel. And Jesus did it all different ways. Paul did it all different ways. Uh, Peter did it all different ways. It's because they were being led in the Spirit. Jesus told stories, and sometimes they were stories that were probably enjoyable and fun. Sometimes they were stories that it, it offended the people. One time he told a story, and he, he was telling them some stuff, and when it was over, it says most of them just went away and didn't follow him anymore. But he was doing what God was showing him to do. And there's a time to rebuke people. There's a time to encourage people. There's a time to warn or caution people. And then there's a time to say, look, you've got to make a change. Because your life is no guarantee. Tomorrow, there's no guarantee. You're going to wake up and be alive tomorrow morning. You better get right today. Today is the day of salvation. We need to warn every man. Now, that word man, in the Greek it's anthropos, anthropos, and it's, uh, it means a human being. It's a man. It's a human. It's sometimes referred collectively to uh, uh, the whole people. And by the way, in the Bible, it really doesn't mean a male or a female. You know, a lot of times we read the scripture and we, we, you know, we hear it say man, and if you're a man, you're thinking, well, God's talking to me. And if you're a woman, you might be thinking, well, why didn't he talk to me that way? Well, it means a human being, not a male or a female. Much like <clears throat> the word uh, believers or child, there's other words that are the same way. When God says, you're a son, that doesn't mean that literally women can't be children of God. I mean, it's just, it was the way that they expressed that. So that word... Man, it means everybody. So we need to be preaching and warning everyone and teaching everyone in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Teaching is to teach or to impart skills or knowledge, to instruct, tell, impart instruction, to instill doctrine into. And it can also mean the thing taught. So if someone says, man, I want you to teach me, you know, that's, that's pretty clear. You're going to teach them. But when someone says, I want to learn this teaching, what they're really saying is, I want to learn the thing that's being taught. And so it's both. The law, the Torah, uh, in the Old Covenant, was literally the instruction. It was the instructions. It was God saying, I'm going to give you the instructions. This is how you're to live your life. If you want to walk in the fullness and blessing and favor that I've promised you, these are the instructions. You get a box. You open the box. You get ready to assemble it. You read the instructions. If you're like me and you put it together without reading the instructions, and you wonder why it doesn't work right, it's because you didn't read the instructions. Well, your life is the same way. God has given you the word that is the instruction about life. Everything that we need is in the word. And if you don't follow the instructions, then you're going to have a messed up life.
just as simple as that. If you don't read the instructions, you're not going to know how it's supposed to work. But God wants us to understand the instructions about life so that we can live and do the things that he's given us to do and be successful with it. He wants us to have wisdom. <clears throat> That's the trait of utilizing knowledge and experience with common sense and insight. In other words, information or knowledge is good, but if you don't have wisdom, you don't know how to use that information or knowledge properly. So that information and knowledge is much more meaningful when you have the wisdom to apply it correctly. God can use that to really do wonderful things in your life when you operate in wisdom. That we may present, to formally present something or someone to a superior. Now we talked about this a few weeks ago, I think, but I wanted to remind you of it because um, I don't know, I don't know what movie or show this was, but uh, you know how in the, in the, like in the 1800s when kings and, and all these uh, princes and uh, different uh, governors and lords would come together and they'd have a ball and they would come to the door and they would say, oh, come in. And they'd come and they'd stand and they said, the Earl of Sandwich is coming in, you know, and, and, and they would all, you know, clap and they'd walk in and then the next couple would come in. They would announce them. That's kind of what this is all about. That we would be able to present every man to the Lord. Perfect. That's what Jesus is doing with us. See, he's standing before the Father and he is presenting us and he's saying, here is Terry Pulliam. And I've given my life for him. My blood is covering him. Look at him. I'm presenting him to you, Father. He's blameless. Not that I'm without blame, except that that's the way it is in the spiritual realm. I have made lots of mistakes, and yet in God's sight, because of Jesus, I am blameless. God says, okay, because Jesus is presenting you, I'm accepting you good deal. I'm all in on that. But we need to be presenting people that same way. We need to be thinking about people that same way. The way that we love and encourage and serve one another, it's a huge deal. Think about that. We have the opportunity to, to present people. We look at those people and instead of saying, they're not like me, they don't believe exactly like I believe, or they don't do the things that I do, we can look at them and say, I'm, I'm going to present them as blameless in God's sight. I don't want to be a judge. I don't want to be an accuser of the brethren. Because that's, that's what Satan is. Satan is the accuser of the brethren. And so if I accuse or judge, I'm being like him instead of like our Heavenly Father. And I don't want to be like that. I want to be like God. I don't want to be like the devil. We want to present people perfect in Christ. Now perfect is a, it's kind of a funny word. You know, we think about it differently, but scripturally it means spiritually mature, being at an advanced stage of spiritual development, usually as a result of experience or teaching, and in most cases time. So in other words, if you're a new Christian, you're probably not going to be perfect. You're probably not going to be complete. You're probably not going to be mature. But after you've been at it a while, 
hopefully you've been growing. I hope you're not one of those 40-year-old babies, you know, with a bottle in your mouth still. I mean, you know, we, we need to be growing. And, but the longer you walk with the Lord, the more complete you become. The more of the truth of the word begins to come into your heart and your mind. You begin to think the word of God. You begin to speak the word of God. You begin to live the word of God. To be perfect doesn't mean that you're without sin. It just means that you're complete. You're full grown. You're mature. It means that it's brought to its end or it's finished. Now, so there's two, two sides of this. One is that when, when we are presented to the Father by Jesus, he presents us as perfect right there on the spot. I mean, we are finished. We are a finished work. But we're not really finished in reality. But spiritually speaking, positionally, we are justified. And all God sees when he looks at us, if you're a believer, is he sees the blood of Jesus and he sees the righteousness of Christ. That is the perfection that we're talking about. Now, in our everyday lives, we're not perfect, but we are becoming more complete, more finished, more mature all the time. We are walking our salvation out with fear and trembling. And it's not, it's not about works. It's just about a relationship. Walking with the Lord on a daily basis, you're learning more about Him. You're learning. We sing that song. I want to know the Father's heart. I want to know your love. I want, to, you know, I want you to lead me in your love to all those around me. That's what we're talking about. It's a relationship where you're walking with the Lord. You're growing and changing and maturing all the time, becoming more and more like Him. And then... When we stand before the Lord on Judgment Day, that final day, it's all going to be completed then. Not only will we be perfect positionally, but we're going to be perfected real. Reality will have happened and we will be perfected once and for all. We'll be in a glorified state and then all, all eternity we're going to be walking in that final finished completed state. I'm looking forward to that because I'm tired sometimes of the, the struggle here. I'm tired of things not going exactly like I want. I'm tired of things being unfinished. Doesn't it feel good to finish something? You know, I mean, especially something that you've been working on a really long time. I think about, uh, I've seen some things here recently on the internet about the Sistine Chapel. And, you know, you, you think about, you know, painting on a ceiling that uh, takes years and years and years. I mean, I expect he was pretty happy when that was done. You know, it's kind of like, wow, you know, I'm glad to be done with that. That paint fell on your eyes for years and years because you're painting overhead. I mean, that was a, that was a huge accomplishment. And there are things in our lives that are the same way. We, we struggle with things, and over a period of time, we don't always see the changes that are happening, but there are changes that are happening. And then one day, you look back, and it's like, hey, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't gotten irritated about this in a really long time. I don't even remember the last time that happened. I haven't, I hadn't kicked the dog in years. I don't know when I quit kicking the dog. Yeah. Whatever it might be that's in your life or, or things that you've been working on, you know, you just, you realize, hey, God's, God has changed my heart. I'm, I'm different now. I'm not like that anymore. But that's the way it works. You don't have to always be aware of it because God is always working in us. He's always working in us. To this end, also, 
labor, striving according to his working, which works in me mightily. So to labor is to do wearisome labor. Been there, done that. Wearisome labor. Labor unto extreme fatigue. To grow weary, tired, or exhausted. Yeah, sometimes you get tired. And it's okay. It's okay to be tired. It's okay to, uh, to become weary. As long as you don't lose heart. The truth is, God knows. He knows all that stuff that's going on in you anyway. And so, you know, Galatians tells us, do not be weary in well-doing, because if you don't lose heart, if you don't give up in, in the right time and season, you're going to reap what you've been sowing. And so, God knows when you're weary. God knows when you're tired. But as long as you don't just give up, throw in the towel, so to speak, uh, God, God is going to be right there with you, and it's good. It's okay. It's not a problem to admit that you're tired. It's not a problem to admit that you've got a, a problem because God knows about it anyway. Why? You think you're going to hide it from him? Why not just go ahead and say, I'm tired. I'm frustrated. Just be honest with him. So Moses did. He said, Lord, he said, man, you know, you asked me to do this, but these people are, they're like rebels. They're stiff-necked. They're hard. He said, you know, I'm trying to do right, and they're trying to stone me. What am I going to do with these people? He was just being honest with God. He was having an honest discussion with God. And God responded. Sometimes we need to just be honest with ourselves and be honest with God, and, and we'll feel better. And God will do what needs to be done. Because when you express your heart, whether it's to God or to someone else, something special happens when you begin to share your heart with people. You can give someone information and you can fix them you know, verbally, tell them all the things they need to do to make their life all right. That's not very powerful, but when you share your heart with them, that is powerful. And God has shared his heart with us. I mean, he's given us his word. That's, that's his heart. That's his, it's his love letter written to us as his people saying, you know, here are the things that I've provided for you. Here are the things that I'm doing for you. Here are the things that are available to you if you'll just trust me and take advantage of them. It's a pretty good offer, I've got to say. Amen. All right. Worship team, y'all come on back. We're going to wrap up here in, um, in just a minute. So the working is the operation. Uh, the striving is the straining. And the labor is the, is the working and doing. And so the striving is to exert a lot of effort or energy in something. And it's really, it's like fighting is in a contest or a struggle, competing for a prize. I mean, you're not just doing it for nothing. I mean, you know what you're going for. I'm striving. I'm striving to do the things that God has called me to do. And he is working in me. And he is accomplishing all that. But I am striving towards that. I am competing in the effort that God has called me to. So we're laboring. We're striving. And we're working. We're operating. It's a, 
it's the, the effectual working. We're trying to do the things that God has called us to do. And then the last two words here, works in me mightily. So works is to implement. And the Greek word is energeo. It means to cause to function or carry into effect, to put forth power to work for one or to be at work. So it's the implementation of all that God is uh, doing and all that we're doing. It brings it all together and it's working in us mightily. That word is dunamis. It's power. It's possession of a controlling influence. Often it's understood as manifesting influence over reality in a supernatural manner. In other words, the, the things you see with your eyeballs in real life this dunamis power, it overrides the stuff in the physical realm because it's supernatural power and it comes in and it begins to change the reality of the physical things that you see and experience. That's what a miraculous healing is all about. You go to the doctor and they say, you're doomed. This is not going to ever change. And then God miraculously heals you and it changes it forever. Same way about all other circumstances in life. When that dunamis power shows up and begins to work, miracles happen. That's one of the, one of the words, uh, one of the meanings of that word is miraculous power. The power for performing miracles. So the last thing I want to share with you, I want to read you my version based on all the stuff we talked about today of verse 29. To this end, I also labor under some extreme fatigue struggling in competition to receive the prize according to his effectual working which causes me to function in excellence of soul and miraculous power. God wants to do all this stuff in us and our part is just to say, yes, I'm going to be compliant. I'm going to be willing and obedient. I'm going to do the things you've asked me to do. I'll do my part. God will do his part. Amen? Amen. All right, so Lord, Seal this word in our hearts and minds and let us, let us become fully committed, Lord, to you that we would hear your word, we would respond to your word, that we would love and serve, that we would labor and strive and preach and teach and love with miraculous power and excellence of soul as you heal and change and stir us and mold us and make us into your image, Lord. As you make us like you, let us... Do the works that you did, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let us go about preaching and teaching and healing, doing good. For this purpose, you were manifested to destroy the works of the devil. Cause us to rise up and be the body of Christ as you've called us to be, Lord, in Jesus' name. Let's stand and worship. You are the word at the beginning, one with God, the Lord Most High. You hid in glory in creation, now revealed in you our Christ. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus Christ, my King.
compares to this what a beautiful name it is the name of jesus didn't want heaven without us so jesus you
beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. God's had this uh, scripture on my heart all morning. Sandy leaned over to me at the beginning of the service and she said, I gotta go up here and sit down. I said, what's wrong? She said, my back's hurting. So she sat down in front of me and I started to pray for her. By the way, it's better and we're believing for it to be completely healed. Amen. But he put this scripture on my heart and I was reading it as I was praying for her. And I think sometimes when, when, when Terry, I almost shared it earlier and I wasn't sure. And when you start talking about the dunamis power, brother, hallelujah, that miracle working power. Hallelujah. I thought, yeah, I'm supposed to share this. And it's in James chapter 5. And I'm going to start with verse 13. It says, and brothers and sisters, we need to believe this to come expecting. It says, is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry, let him sing songs. Is any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over you, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And it says in the prayer of faith, shall save the sick. Amen. It says Hallelujah. it shall save the sick. Hallelujah. The prayer of faith is simply believing that what Jesus did on yes. the cross at Calvary brought Thank healing Jesus. power. Yes. That Thank his healing Jesus. virtue can come through us. Thank you, and it Jesus. says, and the Lord shall raise him up. Ooh, yeah. This says, and if he had committed sins, Thank they you, shall Jesus. be forgiven him. Hallelujah. We quit there. It says, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. Amen. The Hallelujah. effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man Jesus. avails much. And it goes on to explain Elijah Jesus. was a man subject to like passions as we are. He was a man. Just like we're men. We're men and women, but as, as Terry said, we're men. Elijah was a man subject to the like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain. And the earth brought forth her fruit, brothers and sisters. We're a man just like Elijah. And I believe if anybody is sick in here today, if anybody wants to come for prayer and come for believing, I believe God. I believe God's going to raise you up. I Amen. believe you. I'm going to step out. I'm going to step out and say that I believe God will heal you this morning. Thank you, Jesus. I just wanted to share that. Yes. Thank you.
runs deep Your grace is more Where grace is found Is where you are And where you are Lord, I am free Holiness Is Christ in me Lord, I song to rise to you when temptation comes my way when I cannot stand I'll fall on you Jesus you're my hope and stay Lord I need you oh I Let that be our prayer as we go out of here. Fill us with more of you, Lord. Lead us and guide us. Go with us. Go before us. Anoint us and encourage us to go and do the things that you've put before us, Lord. And let us go with enthusiasm and the power of the Spirit and the authority of the kingdom, Lord. And I thank you that you are, you are God. Yes. You alone are God and you are with us and you have made these wonderful promises, Lord, through them. We can do all things. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it's only because you are in us and you yes. strengthen us, Lord. Thank you. Thank so today now, Lord, we thank you. Yes. Thank you for showing up and being here. Thank Amen. you for pouring Hallelujah. your spirit out. Thank you for speaking to us, Lord. You, Go with us now. You, bless us. May the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you his perfect peace. Hallelujah. Go and be blessed. Have a great week. Don't forget Wednesday night. And then next week, we're going to be sharing in communion 
God is going to continue to lead us and guide us. We are going to have such a great year this year. You're going to look back and you're going to say, wow, 2021, what a year. Just like you look back at 2020 and say, wow, what a year. Yeah, it's going to be better though. Amen? Amen. 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 God bless you.